Did you know that an estimated 124,000 tons of food scraps are thrown away each year in Montgomery County? Reducing food waste begins with you. Plan meals in advance, make a shopping list and check expiration dates, cook the food you buy and cook smaller portions, save extra food in reusable containers. Let's keep food out of the trash and aim for zero waste. Visit MontgomeryCountyMD.gov slash reduce food waste or call 311 to learn more. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hello, Cleveland. Welcome back to the Dogland Podcast for the very first victory pod of the 2021 season as the Cleveland Browns beat the Houston Texans 31-21. to I am your host, Jackson McCurry, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Anthony Jokey, who was a part of the loud crowd at First Energy Stadium this afternoon. Anthony, uh, how are you, man? I'm doing well. My voice, not so much. It feels <laughs> very rough, but I'll tell you what, every second of it was absolutely worth it. It was great to uh, be back in that stadium. Um, it was absolutely electric in there uh, for the entire game, and uh, to get the to get the W, it was a, a great day, a very great day. Absolutely, and I'm and I just want to say, first of all. Thank you to you and the 70,000 plus in First Energy Stadium who uh, followed Coach Stefanski's orders to come out uh, full throated. Uh, yeah, the crowd was loud and it was into it right from the start. And uh, uh, they brought it all 60 minutes uh, and the football team did as well. So we'll definitely get into that. Talk about the win. But Anthony, I mean, let's talk about the crowd. Like what was the atmosphere like at First Energy Stadium for the first first game in full capacity in two years it was it was it was electric i mean uh, i i honestly think that's the best way to describe it those third downs were very loud especially um the one where they were backed up against the, the west end zone there and they ended up getting the interception i think that was the loudest it was all game um but uh, I, I think Chubb's touchdown was was a close second after that. But it was just it got a little bit nervous there for a while. I'm not gonna lie. It, it got uh, it got quiet, and you could uh, feel the sense of of nervousness as you know Houston really battled in this game and, and kept things close. But uh, um, you know, the, thankfully we were able to, to pull out the victory, and you know, definitely sending the crowd home happy. Um, uh, you know, hang on Sloopy was, was pretty loud. Jump around was pretty loud, uh, when they played it. Uh, so it, it was, uh, it was a great atmosphere and I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, we have these full stadiums again and hopefully we're able to ma- maintain those, um, you know, for the, for the entire season. Cause, uh, the home field advantage, I, I think really benefited, uh, the Browns today, um, was such a great atmosphere that they had everybody listening to Stefanski and his orders. 
And, you know, hopefully we can maintain that for all year. and Hopefully we'll host some home playoff games with that advantage too. Without question. Uh, yeah, you hit the nail on the head on every aspect of that. Hopefully, A, we keep full capacity stadiums. I think we will just because um, I think we're getting to a point where you see it across the league. A lot of stadiums are uh, requesting vaccinations or negative COVID tests. Uh, you're starting to see more and more teams. So I think to keep that home field advantage, I think you're, you're going to see changes. But we're not going to even discuss that because that could be a full episode. But uh, let's get to the game. Um, obviously, we start off every post game. We talk about Baker Mayfield, obviously. He's the, he's the quarterback. He's the franchise quarterback for this team. Um, another precise pinpoint accurate game by Baker Mayfield, uh, 19 to 21 for 213 yards, had one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown, and he had an interception, which you can't even put on him. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, uh, slowed up on his route with a rookie mistake. I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, get to talking to and when they watch film tomorrow, but, uh, man, Baker was flawless today, albeit with a hurt shoulder that he, uh, he got, um, trying to make a tackle on it on the interception he threw. But, I mean, Baker came back in after that interception, Anthony, and I'm pretty sure he did not throw an incomplete pass uh, after the interception. So uh, Baker, I think it's 81.9% completion percentage through two games. Uh, a flawless, another flawless game. I mean, you could talk about the interception, but that really wasn't on him. Uh, but Baker is come out of the gates firing, and he is looking pretty damn good as the uh, Browns quarterback. Yeah, I had to find a replay of the interception because I uh, didn't notice that the the route was stopped right away. But yeah, uh, you know that's definitely not all on him. But uh, you know, you were right there about the the incompletions. He didn't have one uh, when he since uh, after he came back from the locker room after getting his shoulder checked out. Uh, they had the thing on the scoreboard, and uh, you know his last ten completions were all green so he completed all those um you know he did a, a great job of, of managing the game he made some very uh tough throws you know that one on the uh, that second drive to harrison bryant uh in between two defenders was was a great throw um you know he's been very accurate this season and you know they they He's definitely, you know, not like an average quarterback to go out there and throw about 82% completion through the first two weeks uh, against Kansas City and then this week against Houston. Um, he's doing everything he needs to do to um, lead this team to, to victory, and, and he did such a great job again today, uh, getting a lot of people involved. Uh, I think, you know, after Landry went out, the, the game plan was to get the, the tight ends involved and uh, they did a great job of getting Hooper and uh, Harrison Bryant uh, involved for most of the day. And then um, I really enjoyed the flea flicker screen uh, that they called. Uh, usually you see those as deep passes, but running that as a screenplay was a great play design and they sold it very well. Uh, obviously he got a lot of help on his touchdown pass, uh, to uh, Felton there. Uh, that was just an incredible uh, catch. And then what he did after the catch was absolutely sent the stadium into a frenzy. So um, very accurate. Uh, he did a great job today after coming back from uh, the interception there and then coming back from the locker room. And there's really nothing more you could ask from him today. Yeah. I mean, he, he was just, he is so locked in and he talked about it. He, how he puts in the work day in and day out when he goes to the facility, when he's on the practice field, 
And he said he, he does it for games like for, for Sundays. And that's just that just shows you what kind of man, what kind of leader Baker Mayfield is as the Browns quarterback. My only gripe, Anthony, and this this goes back to when he got injured. He he does go all out, and I have no problem with him doing that. But if you are the franchise quarterback and you are working to get that big contract extension from the from the Browns, he needs to start taking care of himself more on the field. When he's running the ball, he 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 goes for the extra yardage. He doesn't he tries to and fights to get out of bounds. When he could have like in the fourth quarter, he had a run where he could have slid and killed more of the clock, but he chose to fight for extra yardage and ended up going out of bounds. And, and then, of course, the tackle. I mean, I appreciate Baker trying to get the stop to avoid the Texans potentially taking it back for a pick six, but that moment when he got hurt, it looked like his arm went limp, and I thought it was like a broken collarbone or a broken shoulder. If he's going to be the franchise quarterback, I have a sense of, like, Baker needs to take care of his body more when he's on the field and protect himself. Now you can't play scared, obviously, but if you're, if the Browns are going to invest 35, $40 million a year into you as the franchise quarterback, you, you do need to be a little bit more protective just because you are the the centerpiece of this franchise going forward. Yeah, he is so competitive. And I think you see that um, in, in every aspect of what he does, um, you know, like you mentioned, trying to get those extra yardage, trying to make the tackle after the interception, um, you know, at some point, I think he'll learn to ease up on some of those. Um, you know, if, you know, a couple more shots, I, I think he'll, he'll really get that point driven across, um, you know, but uh, yeah, the, the, uh, we all held our breath uh, when we saw him go out uh, and thankfully he quickly kind of emerged from, of uh, the locker room there. They said that his shoulder got popped out and they popped it right back in. So uh, I think it was his not throwing shoulder, right? Yeah, it was his left shoulder. Yeah, so, you know, it just, it just shows the incredible toughness that he has. And um, it's just the style of football that he plays. And to be honest, that that's like Browns football. The toughness that is there uh, that he shows is what the city loves. And I think that's why um, – Everybody is fully behind them. Yeah, um, it, the the best quote was Baker May, when Baker Mayfield said it goes. It was my left shoulder, but he goes, "Thankfully, God gave me two. And and Miles Garrett talking about his toughness, he said, "quote The guy is tough." Brett Favre 2.0. So I think that's Baker Mayfield in a nutshell. Uh, you mentioned you know the offensive production with with Jarvis Landry going down. We'll start with Landry first. You know Landry had his catch. You know, was running, got nine yards, and then he goes down, and he was wincing and everything. And obviously, they go to timeout. And he's he's got a slight limp off the field. They put him in the tent, and then he left the game. Uh, Adam Schefter reported during the game that the Browns think it is a sprained MCL, but they're going to do testing. They're going to do an MRI tomorrow, according to Coach Stefanski. But you could tell the energy kind of went down, and we know what Jarvis Landry has brought in terms of energy, leadership all those uh, attributes to the Cleveland Browns since he got here three years ago. Uh, you kind of tell that some of that energy did go away when Landry left. But like you mentioned, Anthony, a lot of the guys stepped up. But just talk about Landry leaving and what this could do to the wide receiver room. Uh, we're going to get Odell Beckham back, I think, next week against Chicago. But uh, losing Landry, who's been one of Baker's key targets the last few years, uh, kind of slowed up the offense for just a little bit. Yeah, it stinks. Like, we just can't get 
to 100% full strength. You know, you think you're getting Odell back next week and you think you're going to have everybody and then, you know, Jarvis gets injured today. And, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of how the National Football League works. You know, unfortunately, there's injuries. Um, you know, losing a guy like Landry is, um, you know, if they say it's an MCL sprain, maybe three or four weeks. So, um, it, depending on how quickly he heals from it and how bad it is. But, uh, you know, he is... Uh, very valuable to this team in so many different ways uh, besides a stat sheet. Uh, the leadership that he provides to this team, his attitude, um, you know, and just the, the veteran presence because there are a lot of young guys in that wide receiving room, you know, Swartz and People's Drones and, uh, you know, Demetric Felton. and uh, There's a lot of guys in there that I think that they rely on him heavily and, uh, you know, not having him uh, on the field, I'm sure he'll you know, probably be on the sidelines, but, um, you know, not having him on the field is, is such a, a big blow to this offense. And I know they still have the firepower to, um, you know, have a productive offense and, and be able to move the football, but, you know, not having him out there as that leadership presence uh, is could hurt them. I'm not sure how much it will, but, you know, not potentially not having him out there for a month or so, I, I think is obviously not uh, ideal. No, not at all. But I mean, even if he's down on the field, he'll still be around on the off the field in the locker room, in the meeting rooms, you know, getting the other receivers ready, you know, hyping up that offense. You know, Landry's not gonna go away forever. Like hopefully this is just a minor injury, like you said, he's out a couple weeks. Um, but honestly, like he goes out and while, you know, the offense went down a little bit, you know, they started to emerge and, you know, one of the big pieces that emerged today, you know, and we'll get to, you know, the running backs and stuff, but Demetric Felton was, you know, last week we saw, you know, Anthony Schwartz emerge as a the third-round pick rookie. Uh, this week it was Demetric Felton. We've seen him in kickoff returns, Anthony, but this week uh, they sprinkled him in as a wide receiver when Landry goes down and, you know, the big 33-yard touchdown uh, screenplay in the third quarter really got the offense flowing again. And uh, we've seen how dynamic Demetric Felton can be in the preseason. And he finally got to show it in the regular season and uh, lit a fire under the Browns offense. And they kind of took off after that point. Yeah. You know, he's a special talent, you know, so is sports, you know, these are two young guys that, um, you know, as teams start to prepare for the Cleveland Browns, you know, these are guys that are going to be on their radar in terms of game planning for, and you've seen it in back-to-back weeks, like you mentioned there last week, uh, they really featured Swartz this week. They really featured uh, Felton. And, you know, it's just it's just nice because, you know, they can go every week and feature a different guy um, and go a long time without repeating that. It's just uh, how much talent is on this offense and how well um, uh, general manager Andrew Barry has been able to find these guys, the, the talent that is on this team and, you know, if they're able, if both Swartz and Felton are, are able to contribute uh, consistently, you know, this offense is just going to take off. Uh, he's certainly electric with the ball in his hands. And I, I think, you know, they just got to find quick ways to get him, um, you know, like like more of those screenplays or, or, or quick outs or something. Uh, to be able to get him the football uh, because once he does get it in his hands, he does special things with it afterwards. So um, he's certainly very talented. And, you know, obviously if 
Uh, Landry's going to be out for a little bit. He's certainly a very good candidate to uh, kind of take Landry's spot in, in the slot. Uh, I think that he could do very special things um, if they put him in the slot while Landry's out uh, over the next two or three weeks or so. Yeah, absolutely. And not only did Felton step up, but the tight ends did as well. Um, you know, Anthony, in the early first quarter, the one personnel package that I absolutely love is when it's Baker in an empty set. And I think it was only Peoples-Jones out wide right. And then you had Najoku, Hooper, and Bryant all lined up as wide receivers as well. And I think that's something that they can really utilize in the passing attack because they're all six five or bigger. So you can use them in the vertical game with their size. But they really put it to use. Bryant, Hooper, and Najoku combined 11 catches for 107 yards today. Harrison Bryant, I thought, played his best game as a Brown in the last, uh, was it, 18 games that he's been a pro. Four catches for 49 yards. The beautiful pass down the sideline and catch by him uh, was great. Hooper got utilized more this week in the passing game. We saw a downtake in Najoku, but honestly... When you have all three tight ends and you're able to utilize them in the passing game and especially up front in the, in the blocking, uh, you know, it's great that we have three established tight ends in this offense. Yeah, they're all so very good. And, you know, it's nice because, you know, you they, they've uh, grown, especially like the Joku as, as blockers. So, you know, the fact that they're dual threats in the passing game really makes you wonder on defense like is this a run is this a pass when these guys are in there and it just such a dynamic to this uh brown's offense you know there wasn't yards of them it's just the way that they're able to scheme things you know the play action game works great with these guys and you know they've obviously or weeks have had such an impact and you know the the way that's the the this Offense is definitely built uh, to have uh, the ability for tight ends to succeed, and um, they've certainly done so over these first couple weeks. Yeah, without question. And, you know, to recap, talking about the offense, I'd be remiss if we did not talk about our two dynamic running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, 24 carries combined, um, 146 yards and a touchdown. But Nick Chubb led the way. Uh, in our Dogland group chat on Twitter, I, I said, they were talking about why doesn't Chubb get the ball more? And I said, he's our closer. He's our Mariano Rivera. And in the fourth quarter, Nick Chubb really took off. And he ended up with 11 carries for 95 yards, average 8.6 yards per carry. I don't know his fourth quarter numbers yet. I'll have to go back and look. But he really is our closer. And he doesn't need to get the ball 20 to 25 times like some of these other running backs, Anthony, because we have Nick Kareem Hunt. But when it gets down late in the game, you give the ball to 24 or even 27, uh, and they close things out for us when we have a lead. And, and it's a great thing to have, especially uh, – and I'm sure Baker Mayfield appreciates it the most. Yeah. These two guys are, are really special. And, you know, the, the way that they distribute the carries, I think it was 11 for Chubb, 13 for Hunt. Um, you know, the, you gave the perfect analogy uh, for, for Nick Chubb. He is Mariano Rivera. Um, you know, the way that he's able in the fourth quarter after defenses are worn down to gash them, he wasn't touched on that touchdown run that he had uh, of 26 yards. So, um, when you're able to do that uh, at the end of the game, it's it's very special. And 
Obviously, he is a very special running back. You know, Kareem Hunt is too. Um, these two guys complement each other so well, and um, you know they don't really complain or anything. They just feed off of each other and are such a great duo together. Um, and you know, you add in a guy like Demetrius Felton for you know a little bit different change of pace because uh, he's able to kind of do that as well. Um, you know, it, these these guys are, are, are very special and. Uh, the, the running attack that the Browns have um, is it, certainly going to take them a, a long ways uh, towards their aspirations this year. Yeah, and I think the best thing about these uh, about Chubb and Hunt is that they're not like selfish about getting the ball more. They're like genuine, genuinely. Um, The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Ooh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details care they don't care about who gets the ball all they care about is winning and i think that's the greatest thing is when you have two great running backs like these guys you would think one of them would have an ego and demand the ball more but at the end of the day like these two don't care as long as they're helping the cleveland browns win and i think that's the best part about having such two top running backs like these two in our backfield is that uh they're not selfish about getting the ball they just want what's best for the team yeah, absolutely. I think that's the the best thing about is they're so um, they're they're so unselfish that uh, they they work really well together. Yeah, without a question. Uh, Anthony, now we get to the difficult part of the show, which it was last week and it's this week. It's the defense. Um, but first of all, credit where credit's due to the Houston Texans, especially in the first half. Tyron Taylor looked probably the best I've seen him as an NFL quarterback. Uh, he went 10 of 11 for 125 yards. He had one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. Uh, he ended up leaving the game with a hamstring, but their offense looked really good in the first half. In the second half, down the, towards the end of the game, Davis Mills led them on another touchdown drive. But, I mean, this defense, we were so hyped about it coming into the season. All the new pieces, there's so much talent on that side of the ball, and there there was some positives today that we'll get to, but... You know, Anthony, is it fair that now questions really need to start being answered? Stronger questions need to be answered towards Joe Woods because we are now mm, 20 games into him being the defensive coordinator of the Browns. And it doesn't seem like even with all the new talent that things aren't getting better. And uh, there really needs to be questions about how he's scheming this defense and utilizing the talent on the field. Um. This is tough because there there are so many new guys uh, defensively this year. Um, I don't know how much of last year you could really put into grading uh, Joe Woods, but there are things that you look at that really make you scratch your head. Like, why are they playing off coverage on the goal line? You know, that uh, one touchdown was such an easy one. Uh, on that slant route, on that rub route that they had. Um, you know, I don't know if that happens if those guys are up on the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, to, to play a little bit of press out there uh, in that such a short situation. Um, 
giving them a cushion like that, I, I don't think is a good idea. But and those are the kinds of things that make you scratch your head. But um, I don't know how much you can really grade. You can just hope to see improvement. And I think from last week to this week, you saw some, not a whole lot to you know, really make you think that this is going to come together right away. But I think you saw some improvement, you know, obviously having uh, Grant Delpit out there um, was very helpful. You know, obviously having Ronnie Harrison out there all game was very helpful. Um, you know, I just, I think it's going to take time and I think he deserves to have the time um, to put all this together with all this talent that is on that defensive side. The thing that, does bother me some is uh the the pass rush you know it is so they're so close to getting there uh on a consistent basis they're just not and i i feel like when they've committed um so much resource uh to the pass rush um you know especially miles and, and clowny i think they need to get there more often um and I, I just don't think through these first couple games that they've been as disruptive as they can be yet. I, I thought they were disruptive against Kansas City. I didn't think there was enough pressure generated this week because, you know, there was a couple times Clowney was in the backfield. Miles Miles had a tough time against Laramie Tunsil, which, you know, maybe I underestimate Laramie Tunsil's play, but I just thought, like, I didn't think there was enough pressure generated this week. And, you know, then it shows like the coverage was off and you were right. They were playing a lot of off coverage today. Like Denzel Ward, they, they, people were like, man, he was getting torched on that first drive. No, it was because they were giving the receiver such a cushion against him. It was kind of ridiculous, but like the pressure I think was the biggest thing because, you know, Tyron Taylor back when he played Buffalo, when he first played with Cle- and he, when he played with Cleveland, he would hold on to the ball and, you know, four sacks this week. It was like no pressure was being generated and Tyrod was ended up getting the ball out much quicker. And maybe David Cully and uh, the offensive coordinator for the Texans uh, put together a good game plan to get him out quicker. But I just didn't think the pressure was all there this week compared to last week against Kansas city. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think there was too. And, you know, you talk about the coverage, there was at one point in the second half, you know, uh, Mills missed the wide open guy that would have gone for a touchdown. I think it was Cooks. Um, it was John Johnson that got beat. I'm not sure who else it was, uh, but that that guy, you know, uh, I, I I think it was Cooks. He certainly he really beat the coverage. He beat Johnson and whoever else it was, um, and and you know that that probably should have been a touchdown for Houston uh, on that play. But uh, you know it's it's going to come together. I feel uh, I, I really do. To me, there's so much talent defensively that I can't see it not coming together. Uh, it's, it's just a matter of, of when. Uh, you hope it comes together really quickly. Um, you know, as the the coverage improves, I, I think the pass rush will improve, and and vice versa. You know, we talk about complementary football so much, um, and I, I think that once you see the coverage improve, I think you'll start to see Miles and, and Clowney get home a little bit more often. So I, I, it's coming. Um, you know, you saw the one uh, blitz from Delpit today that he, he nearly split Mills in half uh, with how he hit him and that ball came loose. Um, 
you know, Delpit certainly made an impact for his first game. And um, I think he's going to continue to do that as long as he can stay healthy. And it's only going to help this defense even more to for them to do what they want to do. Yeah, we were going to go there, right? We were going to actually go to Delpit right uh, next. But, yeah, I mean, finally we got to see Grant Delpit after a year plus of being on the sidelines. Um, he made his NFL debut today, and he's definitely made an impact. Not just that big that big sack and forced fumble on Davis Mills late in the game, but Anthony, he was all over the field today. Um, ended up with five tackles, three solos. He had the sack, obviously. But, you know, Delpit was all over that field, you know, his speed, I think, was the biggest takeaway for me, just to see how he, how he can cover um, going from one end, one side of the field to the other to go make a play. I mean, I was very impressed with Delbit, like you. You know, the injuries, if he can stay healthy, uh, you got to feel really good about the back end of the, uh, the defense with him, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, John Johnson III, all those guys back there. Uh, if Delbit can stay healthy, maybe we will finally start seeing these dime looks. Um, I'm anxious to see Jake Burns' breakdown of the defense this week. I didn't really could tell, you know, watching the game, how fast it goes, if they played any dime. But uh, having three good safeties, if they all stay out on the field, um, you know, maybe Joe Woods will finally get to utilize the defense the way he's wanted to since he got here a year and a half ago. Yeah, and, and you know, continuing to incorporate JOK too. You know, I, I, I think – uh, as I was watching today, there was a very noticeable difference uh, with 22 out there on the field, just flying around, and it, it was really great to see. Um, you know, he really made an impact today, and I, I'm confident that his, you know, health is obviously the biggest thing. It's as long as he can stay healthy, I, I think that he could continue to do um, a very good job um, defensively and. Uh, do lots of different things because you saw it in coverage. You saw him on the blitz. I think there's certainly many different aspects of his game that Joe Woods can tap into to, to really utilize him well. Kind of like how uh, JOK, you know, they have a couple uh, uh, Swiss Army knives on the defense with those two guys. And I think that there's so many different things that you can do schematically with those two. And um, you know, they've only scratched the surface of it. And as this defense gets better, uh, you're going to really see, uh, I, I think these two, uh, really contribute a lot more. Yeah. Without question, man. Uh, I'm glad you brought up JOK because I think it was the first or second kickoff that the Browns did. He having him on spe- on kickoff coverage is ridiculous because he flies down there. Him and AJ green manhandled Andre Roberts on one of the, uh, kickoffs and just having his speed to utilize is phenomenal and and just since we're talking about linebackers I thought Malcolm Smith stepping into Anthony Walker's role as the Mike as the leader of the defense today I thought he had a great game eight tackles and an interception um you know even you know I'm gonna say it I thought Mac Wilson made a couple good plays today um I thought the linebackers stepped up and played well Sione Takitaki um had the fumble recovery on the uh, botched punt by Andre Roberts. Um, he made a couple of nice tackles as well. So the linebackers, I think also stepped up today with uh, Walker going down earlier this week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right there. They, they, I noticed that they were flying around a, a little bit more freely today. Um, you know, I, I think when you don't have, uh, uh, you know, a Travis Kelsey that you have to account for on the other side, I think that really frees up those linebackers. Um, 
And and to be honest, you know, uh, they they uh, it was very noticeable. Um, I think the speed difference today, um, as opposed to last week, everybody seemed to be gunning for the football. And um, you know, it, it's just that in a few situations, the, the Houston Texans called really good plays, like that screen play to Philip Lindsay for a touchdown. There was nobody within like 15 yards of him. Right. Uh, I could certainly see. Um, Stefan that one because that thing was a thing of beauty. He had two linemen uh, in front of him and nobody within like 15 yards. So, um, you know, it, there was really good play calling on the other side to put those guys in positions to win today. And, you know, I thought the, the defense uh, did what they could and, you know, they did enough. 21 points, I, I think, is about average what you're going to give up today in the NFL. So I, I think holding it to that is uh, – a, a really good day. Yeah, I mean, the second half they had to play against Davis Mills, a mid-round pick who had got put into the game because Tyrod left with a uh, hamstring injury. But, you know, they buckled down in the second half, only gave up a touchdown, which is, you know, the key thing. They just got to get off the field on third downs. I think that's the biggest thing. This is reminiscent of, you know, defensive coordinators of the past, Jim O'Neill, Ray Horton. I mean, uh, Greg Williams, third down, like the Browns need to get off the field and they give up. They've given up a lot of third downs. I seen like midway through the game today, Jake Burns put a stat. I think it was again, between Kansas city and Houston, they were like 13 of 18 or 14 of 18 on third downs against the Browns defense. And it got worse as the game went on. So that's the biggest thing. Third down is supposed to be the money down. Joe Woods needs to start scheming up things to generate more pressure, force these quarter, opposing quarterbacks into bad throws, um, or they're just going to continue to pick apart our defense. And uh, the noise for Joe Woods to get replaced is going to only get louder and louder as the season goes along. Yeah, and I think, you know, as they incorporate uh, JOK and Delpin Moore, I think you're going to see those two guys come on a lot more pressures. Like, uh, Delpit did uh, to cause that uh, fumble there um, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Anthony, looking ahead really quickly towards next week, the Browns are going to play the Bears. Um, I don't know if this has been out there, but the rumors are that the throwback uniforms are going to be worn against the Bears. Um, only time will tell to see if those rumors are true. Um, they had an injury this week at quarterback. Andy Dalton went down early in the game, and Justin Fields made his uh, – official debut as the starting quarterback i would have to think depending on how dalton's mri goes uh that fields will be the starter fields went six of 13 for 60 yards in an interception and also had 31 yards on the ground uh you know anthony this will be the third straight week potentially that the browns are facing a somewhat mo or a, not even somewhat a mobile quarterback uh in justin fields who could be making his first career start uh you would have to think you know joe woods is going to have to look back at you know some of this tape that he's done against Tyrod and even Mahomes to a degree and go back and watch you know Baltimore tape to try to figure out a way to stop these mobile quarterbacks because Justin Fields can run and we see what he did at Ohio State and he can definitely cause some damage against this uh, defense with his legs yeah and you know the reality of schedule is is you know they they face quite a few mobile quarterbacks you know they faced uh, Mahomes last week, they faced Tyrod Taylor this week. You know, he did get hurt. Fields next week. You know, Herbert somewhat mobile. Then you have Arizona. Kyler Murray uh, can run all over the football field. Uh, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. 
Um, you know, they, they faced quite a, quite a few mobile guys this year. So, you know, they have to be really disciplined um, defensively when you're facing these types of quarterbacks. Um, I think if you're going to make Justin Fields struggle next week, I think you need to bring a lot of pressure um, against him. Um, so I, I hope that hopefully that's the game plan going in, into next Sunday. And, you know, a lot of pressure should uh, cause some issues. And, uh, you know, they just had to stay very disciplined against uh, a guy like, a, you know, a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields next week. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about the Bears more uh, later this week. We have a guest coming on to uh, discuss the Bears, a Chicago native, uh, someone familiar to the Browns uh, podcast uh, community. So look forward to that episode for sure. But uh, as we close things out, Anthony, as tradition, when we when the Browns win, we put up a poll on the Dogland Twitter account to decide who the mayor of Dogland is for the Browns uh, week or for the victory. Uh, We put four choices up. Nick Chubb, Demetric Felton, Grant Delpit, and Malcolm Smith were our four choices. Anthony, who did you pick uh, in the poll? Uh, I picked Delpit. Um, you know, seeing him out there for the first time, um, you know, in his first NFL action, really, and to see, you know, the speed that he has, some of the things he was able to do on defense, obviously that sack uh, that he had, um, I thought he played a really great, really great game today. And, I'm just looking uh, forward to seeing so much more for him uh, this season. Cause I think that, you know, as I said, I think uh, they just uh, scratched the surface with him and like JOK. And I, I think that he's really going to uh, be utilized in such a way that he's going to succeed. So I, I just can't wait to see so much more from him. And I thought that today he just did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I, I would agree, but I went with Demetric Felton just cause you know, the hype surrounding him in training camp and preseason, uh, we weren't sure how much he was going to be utilized in the regular season, but you know, when injuries happen, it's always the next man up. And they obviously had some plays uh, ready for Felton, and that screenplay was a big one. Seeing him hit that spin move and being able to uh, bring it home for the touchdown was phenomenal. Uh, listening to Jim Donovan called on the radio because I was out getting pizza at the time uh, was even better. Um, and then my buddy who was at the stadium texts me and he goes, Reggie Bush Jr. And I know a lot of people were comparing him to uh, Felton to Eric Metcalf because of his uh, versatility, but I could see a little uh, Reggie Bush in his game as well. So I voted for Felton, but right now, Anthony, we've had 132 votes on the poll. um, And this is up until Monday afternoon, but Nick Chubb is leading it with 47% right now. Uh, Demetric Felton with 35%, Grant Dulbit with 17%, and Malcolm Smith with only 1% of the vote. So uh, are you surprised Chubb is winning this uh, 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 poll right now? No, not at all. And with the way that fans were chanting uh, Chubb um, throughout the game, I'm not sure how much of that came in television, um, but <laughs> you can clearly tell that he is obviously a, a favorite of so many, and uh, to have almost 100 yards today, that long touchdown run to seal it, seal it um, to close it, uh, a la Mariano Rivera, I I see no argument against uh, the, why he was picked. To be honest, I would have much rather heard the, the crowd chant Chubb than listen to um, Adam Archuleta and Greg Gumbel today. That was some of the worst announcing for football I've heard in a oh. long time. I'll have to go back and listen to it because I've seen quite a few comments on it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, they said Christian Kirksey still played for the Browns. Um, 
there was the whole thing. They were wondering where Tyrod Taylor went when he wasn't even on the sidelines after halftime. Um, there was just a lot of things that they missed on. Like, like I said in our group chat, Greg Gumbel's lost a, a step, and uh, Adam Archuleta, he 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 sounded clueless. But like Alex Hale said, he goes, it could be after effects from his playing career. So, uh, you know. were they were they actually there? Because I are they actually at the same? Because I think what are some crews still kind of remote doing games? I still think I think everybody's back to being in the stadiums. Okay, they're kind of they're kind of distance in the booth, but. I think everybody's back announcing from the stadium. Gotcha. Hey, speaking of uh, training camp hype, can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Are we a little bit concerned about people's Jones after these first couple of weeks? Cause you know, he only had one target today for 14 yards. He lost the fumble. Um, I can't remember how many targets he had last week. I think he only had one catch last week too. Are we a little bit concerned there? Uh, especially with the likes of Landry going out today. I wouldn't say concerned. I just think, you know, maybe Baker's more comfortable throwing it to the tight ends because he's worked with them more. Like he worked with people's Jones in training camp and that's one thing, but I mean, I mean, I can't explain it. I just, I don't know. I'm not concerned just because he's still a young raw receiver who they're still probably molding into what they want him to be. But you know, maybe, maybe the training camp hype was maybe was, maybe it was overhyped. Maybe we all, all we saw was flashes and, that was just it. I mean, who knows? You know, one week we saw Schwartz. This week we saw Felton. Maybe next week against Chicago is the Donovan Peoples-Jones game, and he comes out and has five catches, 110 yards or something. I mean, Odell Beckham being out there is going to get guys open, and maybe this is where Donovan Peoples-Jones emerges. Yeah, you know, I could totally see next week OBJ being a decoy because there's going to be the hype all week long about his return. So, I, I really think that you can see a lot of other guys really feast next week um, with uh, him out there. Yeah, without question. Uh, you know, I all expectations are OBJ is returning. And, you know, maybe that first game, maybe he will be a decoy and things will be more open for Higgins or even Felton. Maybe Felton has another big game or Schwartz or Peoples-Jones. I mean, It'll be interesting to see what they do with OBJ, how much he plays, and how much that affects the rest of the offense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him back, and I, I think that uh, it's going to be uh, a, certainly a fun thing to to have him back next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anthony, is there anything else you want to discuss before we wrap it up here? No, I don't think so. I, I think that uh, you know this was obviously – a great win. I know it wasn't the best, but you know, a win is a win. There's no college football committee picking who gets into playoffs or anything like that in the NFL. So uh, anytime you can go one and zero each week is a good week, and that's what the Browns did today. And you just uh, hope they can build upon it next week against the Chicago Bears. Without question. And as things stand right now, the Browns are in first place in the AFC North because Pittsburgh lost and so did Cincinnati. Regardless of how the outcome of uh, Baltimore goes, the, the Browns are in first place. You can't uh, uh, be upset with that at all. No, we cannot. It was a great sports weekend in Ohio. The Browns won, the Buckeyes won, Pittsburgh lost, and the Indians took two or three from the New York Yankees. So it was a great weekend in general. They they whooped on the Yankees this weekend. So that's... Yes. That, that is all. It's always fun to see the Yankees lose. No Absol- matter who's, no matter who's whooping their butt. 
Without question. Uh, as we wrap things up, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry08. You can follow Anthony at Anthony Jokey. That Jokey is J O K I. Follow us at The Dogland on Facebook as well as Twitter. Um, and wherever you listen to this podcast, we appreciate it. Like, share, and subscribe to all your friends and family. And uh, as we wrap things up, we'll be back later this week to get you ready for the Chicago Bears. And as always, until next time, go Browns. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Leftovers. Or the DMV. Number 97. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.